With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub. And start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Good evening, it is the club, it is a Monday, it's brought to you uh, in association with Pitch Sport Football Fan App, giving the fans a voice, get your free download on the App Store and Google Play Store as football gets ever nearer, but it is the 1st of June uh, 2020, it is a year ago that Liverpool become European champions and Liverpool are still European champions Um now, that was going to happen due to either us retaining it or a pandemic. We had to settle for the pandemic, lads, um, and we'll take it all day long. Um, so um, tonight we'll just talk uh, about, uh, I guess, the, the run from uh, right from the beginning, um, right the way through the group uh, into the knockouts, and then obviously that, that famous night where uh, three of us on this uh, particular podcast uh, were in Madrid that night. Um, so I'm joined by Shawnee Lawson, who was my wingman on that particular trip. How's how are you going, Shawnee? How's it going, mate? I have a bit of session depression today, thinking about the time we had. <laughs> I know, I know. There was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a, it was a few days of a lifetime. Um, capped by us winning that European Cup. Uh, Pete, you were there. You made a trip, um, <clears throat> presumably in the car, was it? Or did yeah, you get the train from no, no, Barcelona? No, in the, in the car. I wanted to control my own journey just in case, you know, anything bad happened. I know I, I drive between Barcelona and Madrid quite often and it can be a little bit tricky, but I knew there was going to be like a billion people there. So I thought if I need to exit stage left quickly, I need to go. But yeah, unbelievable. Glad I got there. Just sad. I, obviously, I hadn't a, a chance of getting a ticket. Excellent. And Phil, um, where did you watch it that night? You went out, um, presumably somewhere in Dublin? I can't remember, it's bananas drunk. I know, um, I watched it with, <laughs> with Andy and Big Joe and um, who else was with us? Dave, 
Thomas was with us. Paddy uh, Lawson was with was he? Paddy, yeah, big Paddy was there as well. Um, where did we watch? We watched it in Sinnets, downstairs in Sinnets. And is that the same um, place you'd gone to the previous year or did you go to a different place this time? No, we didn't. We the, the previous year was when we did the tram, the not the tram. What was the place called? Um, that used that we did the podcast a couple of times for. Because remember, we did Ginti we did McGinty's. the show the previous year. Yeah, Ginty McGinty's. That place, <laughs> that place on Blaine, that place on the bottom of fucking James's. Isn't it it? Used James be, yeah, it used to be the tram. I can't remember what the name of it was now because and they sponsored the pod and everything. But we went with the previous year. We did that show in association with Joe. Do you remember? Um, and. That was when the Carlsberg and we had Shea oh, given at it. Yes. And we did all the live stuff yeah. that night of the, the night of the game. Um, and we lost, obviously, to Madrid in that final. So this was one where we just went out and just to enjoy ourselves. No shows, no nothing. Just go and yeah, enjoy the final. Those shows are rather cursed by the results, aren't they? I mean, we, we managed to pick one against Spurs, which was uh, which which is legendary at this stage, isn't it? In, ter- uh-huh. in terms of the look at performance. But 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 this is it. Like the 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 when we did that live show, um, the first or the, the second one, and we did it there as well, um, when we had David Fairclough over lunch in his book, that was against Spurs, yeah. and all I know is going into that final, I was more nervous than I'd ever been going into watch Liverpool final because we'd beaten Spurs three times last year yeah. before we went to the final to play them, and you're just there going, at some stage this is going like we're, we're not going to beat them, you know what I mean? Mm. But so far so good, we, we 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 did manage to go and beat them, but like I was convinced that we weren't going to win it. Like I was genuinely convinced we weren't going to win, it, despite everything that was there. But I was just totally convinced that we weren't going to win. It. But I, well, I suppose we can get on to the final. What happens in the final? Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, Shawnee, uh, we'll start with um, Kiev and that defeat against Real Madrid because that's in some ways where this sort of you know this particular story starts. Because yeah. obviously we go there as an underdog, but um, as a as a as an underdog that you know we all felt could could absolutely turn over. The might of yeah. Madrid. Um, h- how did you feel after that defeat? Did you think you know that was a, a golden opportunity gone, or did you think you know let's dust ourselves down? We've got another, we've got another run to the final in us. Yeah, no, I'd be lying now if I said any different. I thought like because there was a feeling of Kiev that we were kind of we were lucky to be there. Like we had a favourable run to the final. If I'm being honest, I think. We only had to really beat City, and then we 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 ended up in a semi against Roma, and we made hard work of that in the end. And then going into Kiev, you thought like the kind of like the kind of yeah, just kind of a shotgun team where we could blow anyone out in that season. That's the way the type of way we were playing football. We even went to the last day of the season to get into fourth. You know what I mean? It was kind of like uh, I hate the analogy, but the rock and roll football was alive, and then. Obviously, what happened in Kiev before even Karius has uh, a Macedonia, as we'd say in mm-hmm. Ireland. Um, Salah going off was a real good punch. It was like it took any bit of belief out of the squad in us that we had out. And then the the rest was history for the wrong reasons. After that, we didn't really we didn't really see us going again. Like, you know what I mean? You thought that squad probably would have been that with that chance to kind of put a stamp on it for Klopp as well. But the the run then the following year is is mental because it's kind of all the way up until the semi final, the Champions League is a sideshow to the probably the best title race in the history of the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, and Pete, um, uh, like from your perspective, I mean, did you think there was um, 
there was a, a big season ahead for us after all the disappointments of what had happened um, in that final against Madrid. Did you go into the season pretty confident? Um, to be honest with you, I, 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 you know, I looked at the whole season and I thought to myself, we've come so close all the way across the board, and it's it's difficult, you know, when you such a such a long history of being disappointed by Liverpool as, as we all have, it's it's difficult to to kind of take a positive from a negative. I just hope that we would hang on to that that kind of anger, you know, and then you get nights like one of the nights that we'll probably discuss, you know, the the night at home to Munich where you're kind of bitterly disappointed and then you're you're going you're fearing the worst everyone's saying but the, the thing that I notice about this particular Liverpool side is just when you don't expect them to do something that they just blow everything out, out of the water it's it's not it's like something I, I don't think I've ever seen you know in all the years I've been following Liverpool they just have that you know Phil mentioned earlier on he fully expected to lose against Tottenham and I understand that mentality because you know Liverpool if it's on a play we're, we're just that sort of club if it's on a play for us, oh, you've already, I remember the season years ago, we beat Crystal Palace 9 nothing, and then got to the FA Cup semi-final going for another double. And it was inevitable that they were going to beat us. And they beat us. Mm. But the thing, what this man has brought, Klopp has brought to us, it seems that there's nothing inevitable other than the fact that we're just going to absolutely steamroll you. Yeah, we'll have a couple of c- close calls, but we're just going to keep going. So, you know, I hate to use extremes. And Sean will tell you, we follow each other on Twitter. I hate to talk in extremes, but it just seems that he's blown away an awful lot of the hoodoos and cobwebs and things that we would expect of Liverpool. And we're we're borrowing a little bit from Manchester United, a little bit from Bayern Munich, a little bit from Barcelona. And we're applying it to what really should be Liverpool. It's, It's So, yeah, I did, to answer your question, I did think that, you know, considering that, and I was at the new camp, you know, and again, that was the strangest three nil I've ever been at. The strangest defeat. Was I one of those kind of going home that, that night thinking that we could pull it off at Anfield? Part of me was, yeah. Well, we'll get on to that. Um, this campaign uh, in the group stage. Uh, well, look, we we draw uh, PSG, um, Red Star Belgrade, uh, and Napoli. Um, and obviously, uh, it looks on paper two from three. Um, Napoli being the third seed in the group, um, you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't a, a foregone uh, conclusion um, in terms of uh, getting through that group. But we start off with um, with PSG at home, um, and actually, the man who gets us underway um, is Daniel Sturridge. Funnily enough. Um, mm. Considering he's he's uh, that that season was his uh, swan song, and obviously uh, we go two 0 up shortly after with uh, Milner, uh, PSG pull one back, and then you have Mbappe scoring um, with eight minutes to go, and it looks like we're gonna um, come up short in the first game, go away with a point, which you know on the face of it wasn't the worst result in the world, but up. Pops Bobby in the 92nd minute, um, who'd actually come on to replace Sturridge. And uh, another famous night at Anfield, really. Um, what were your memories of that one, Phil? Um, not much, right? Like, I, 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 when I think of this, the group, I was, I was looking back at the group stage today, right? And I was there going, Jesus, I can barely remember any of these matches at all. I remember. Um, the PSG game 
away. Vaguely. Yeah, away. And I remember, like, one of the things that stood out for the PSG match was Milner, Polax, and Neymar, right? That was the one thing that <laughs> stood out in my head. I comp- I'd forgotten about the scores. I forgot what was going on. And then I remember that we lost three of these games. In fact, the one game that jumps out at me, I didn't even see. It was the Red Star Belgrade game. I was on holidays in Tenerife at the time, right? And I said, there's no point in me even looking at this, right? Okay. Um, the, like the, 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 the bar in the, the, in the hotel we were staying in didn't have the English football and I just couldn't be arsed going out to find a, a bar to go watch the match. I said, there's no point. Red Star Belgrade, we're going to hockey them about 900 nil, right? Um, because that's the way, it's, it's strange being a Liverpool fan these days. You never doubt about getting these results or getting these beating these teams anymore. But we somehow, managed, like, I checked the result the next morning. I was like, fuck off. No way. How did, what? We lost the Red Star back, right? And I just remember being an absolutely geek match. When I watched the highlights back, I was there going, I don't even want to watch, want to watch the, these highlights. It's just, it's a nothing. But the, the PSG game, look, honestly, it was only, only you sent to me there about the, the last minute goal from, from, uh, uh, Bobby. I completely, we, we watched that in the, in the studio. Yeah, we watched and, that. We yeah, we, we watched and, that game, and we were and we were we were fully deserved going two 0 up. I mean, yeah. I remember the first half an hour we were great, and uh, we obviously got caught uh, with a sucker punch. And obviously, you know, a team like PSG um, are going to still fancy themselves when they've closed the deficit down to two one. Did, did you have Shawnee? Did you have any particular memories from that one other than probably the winner? The mad thing is, I remember every game from that. That Champions League group stage vividly, probably by the 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 Red Star game at home. But I remember oh, Red no. Star away was the most disjointed Liverpool performance I've ever seen on that club. Mm. We were awful that night, and the man scored some plumber scored two, two against two us. Worldies. Two worldies, yeah. two ba- <laughs> two, sc- two screamers. That's the only way I can put it. Um, PSG away was a nightmare because they were rolling around all over the place. We completely fell into that trap. Um, Napoli away was a sucker punch. Uh, looked like it was going to be Bumped a good point. End, wasn't it? Yeah, we just got nicked at the end. And then Napoli at home is one of my favourite. One of my favourite Liverpool European performances in ages because the thing is, like the scoreline doesn't tell the tale. We absolutely battered them. We played some of the best football I've ever seen us play on that club. Mane should have had four or five. And then it comes down to the big moment. The ball drops to Milik in the 90th minute. And Alisson makes us a save, which effectively has won us three trophies in the end. That's how big it was. But that's, I, I didn't know if we're going to get, like, that game alone, that was a mad match. Like, do you remember, like, Ancelotti seemed to have a hex over us when he was a Napoli manager in terms of getting results or having teams set up against us. And Sean, do you remember, like, I remember we played Ancelotti in a friendly game. Was it yeah. Napoli team? Yeah, was yeah. that the, the beginning of that? It was season, in Glad. It was sure. in uh, in Murrayfield. In Murrayfield, we struggled. Up, we struggled all the way through pre-season, and they were one of the good, the first good yeah. sides we come up against, and they ripped us apart. And was your man on the trust that day on the roof yeah. of the fucking stadium? They're still trying to blame. They're still trying to saw Jamie Webster off the top of that. They're still trying to remove him from the trust down and board blade Murrayfield. Isn't it mad that he started that season on on the trust in? Uh, but there you go, field, like and then he quickly ends that, up that, on the stage in in. That, in that, that's the thing. Is that on a uh, start on a trust in Murrayfield? That's it's like the start start of a book. Where did it end up? I ended up one night in Madrid. You know what I mean? That, that, that's that was his journey. But um, <laughs> go, going back to what I said, 
that that was Allison's first massive moment in a Liverpool short, and Van Dijk got all the when I, when I look back at the season review, Van Dijk got all the plaudits last year, and rightly so, he was immense. But I genuinely think Allison was their best player last year. Controversial. Yeah, I mean, we'll 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 come on we'll come on to that, and and obviously his contribution in the final, which doesn't go massively noticed, but I think it does to a lot of Liverpool fans. I mean, if it, Sean, it, on that on that save though, right? Sorry, you might remember this. Like, it's an amazing save he makes in that game against Napoli, right? But like, it's just another one of those amazing moments. And Sean, you're right. It's, it was his first monster moment as Liverpool goalkeeper in terms of what, what he delivers on. But look, we just take it for granted now, don't we? Like, if yeah. when, he, when, if ever since he turned up in the jersey and started playing for us, he just has that air about him that screams security and impenetrable. impenetrable. I think, Sean, you were saying to me before we started here, like, he is at the level that Nower was at his pump. But the only thing is that Nower still retained the insanity of going for a little walk about and having a kick about in the midfield with the lads. Addison has sort of step, calmed that down a wee bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were talking on last week's um, look back at Istanbul and in that campaign, um, Liverpool are playing Chris Kirkland, they're playing Scott Carson. Yeah. Um, they end up obviously with Jersey Dudek in the final. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that, 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 the contrast and, and obviously the unfortunate thing about Alisson this season has been the injury and that was clearly a big factor in us. Um, losing that that tie against Atletico, um, you know. So yeah, I mean, he is he, he is phenomenal. But look, the 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 app the app the actual group, you know, sort of a perfect symmetry of three wins at home, three losses away. I think, from my perspective, I, I don't think really we could have had any based on our performances. I didn't think we could have too many complaints about losing those three away games. In all honesty, I remember the Napoli game being one. Yeah, it, it felt like we, you know, we we sort of being robbed of a point. But I thought overall Napoli deserved. Uh, if there was one team that deserved it, it was Napoli. You know, they would they were definitely the better team. Um, you know, to lose against you know Red Star inexplicably, really after. Absolutely dismantling them at home, uh, winning four nil. Um, you've got to think there was an element of a co- of complacency there, wouldn't you, Shawnee? I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, John. It, it was one of like all we seen in the the build up to that game was, oh, this is the tunnel you have to walk out to mm. when you're playing Red Star, and it's this like welcome to hell sort of thing. Look grim, ju- didn't it? We come. Played completely below ourselves that night. We well, hang on, lad. This is a stadium. I think a, a war started in this stadium. This is one yeah. of the most intimidating places to go in the world. Yeah. You know, you don't know. Nothing has changed in Serbia, yeah. you know, in 20 odd years. You know, but players that play the game at the highest levels, particularly in England, they've changed in terms of what they're used to. You still have to walk through that horrible tunnel with that whatever's been shouted and whatever's been oh, the crowd were going act, nuts you know i mean mm. it's yeah. very very intimidating you'd almost be thinking to yourself do i want to win this game no don't get me wrong that's a ridiculous thing to say but if i'm for example very different dyke or if i'm joe gomez and i think you know the path i'm going down here i'm thinking to myself you know let's just try and get away from here with a you know with a point these are horrible horrible people 
The players look to the captain. The captain looks to the manager. And the manager looks to you. It's time to be heard. Pitch is the new app that gives football fans the voice you deserve. Get your views sent straight to media pundits, commentators and the club you love. From dodgy penalties to rating match performance, make your opinion count. The manager's looking to sub him off and the fans agree. Download the Pitch app for free today. Be heard. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies. Making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Yeah, I mean, um, it was just, it was an abject performance, really. And off the back of that, um, you know, I remember there being a lot of pressure then on, on obviously, the PSG away game. And, and again, I, I thought, I know you mentioned uh, the dirty sort of tricks and the diving and everything, but I just, I, I distinctly remember them playing around us in midfield. Um, Hendo didn't have one of his greatest games that particular yeah, night. That was the uh, break, the Brexit midfield arguments started then, didn't it? That's yeah. that, that's where the, the, the origination of the Brexit midfield came from. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the Milner, Henderson, axis of doom. <laughs> and we, we we were poor that night, but to be fair, they did like they did, look. He's not everyone's cup of tea, but like fucking Neymar is a serious footballer, whether you like to admit it or not. The likes of De Maria and and Mbappe, they had a way with us that night. Mm-hmm. They were they were excellent, to be fair. Yeah, techn- but they're technically excellent players. I mean, yeah. sometimes I mean our, our midfield is built for physicality, and the, the minute you try and put it up to them, or you, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna outrun them, but you can outthink them. You know, and, yeah. and I think our a lot of our talk comes from our fullbacks. We talked about this on numerous occasions, but that was a night where they made it. You know, their three versus ours in a technical arena, and we were always and we struggled. That I remember that vividly. I remember thinking, Jesus Christ, you know, we could do with something in there just to put a foot on yeah, it. We looked like a level below them that night. Technically, we, we looked we, like we, a we level below them that night. It was similar, actually, to the final in Kiev because I remember, like, when you watch back the final in Kiev, their midfield, like, it looked like we had absolutely nothing for them. For Madrid, and it, it looks similar to that in Paris. Now, in, we bullied them at Anfield, but we didn't get to do that in the Parc de France because no. they were more. How should I like? They were using the dark arts for want of a better term. Come they, they, me they were going down, down, down literally, yeah. exactly. Any time we touched them, they were rolling around, and you could see it was getting to the likes of Robertson and Milner and all. But look, we the main thing was we 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 did it the Liverpool way, and we got out of the group. The last game. If it was easy, it wouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, there was so much riding on that last game against Napoli. Um, I mean, you know, we've talked about we've talked about the um, we've talked about the save, but you know, it was on a it was on a knife edge, wasn't it? Really was. Um, we the whole team was on a yeah. The whole team was know, on a knife edge. It was a great goal by Salah, you know, but it's thirty three minutes in, and we're you know. It, it, it really was hanging on a knife edge there. We um, were squandering chance after chance, and you were just starting to think, it, it, this is going to come back and bite us, isn't it? And 
any other year it would have because we wouldn't have had an Allison in goal to, to with the big moment. So it was just it was more shown. Oh, right, well, this is what happens now when you have a world class goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, and look, we get out the group, um, and um, we obviously get to the knockout stage, and you know we draw. Um, a team that I think a lot of Liverpool fans would have been, you know, excited to be playing against in Bayern Munich because um, it's not someone who we've come up against um, in recent times. Um, and it's always good to get, you know, a new uh, opponent uh, and someone uh, who's obviously got uh, a massive um, rich pedigree in the European Cup like ourselves. Um, I think. Was it, it was, I think it was the previous, was it the previous season, was it, when we could have got Bayern Munich in the semi-final and a lot of Liverpool fans would, would, have, would have taken Bayern Munich at that stage, am I right in saying that? They end up, they end up, they end up drawing Real Madrid, we end up drawing yeah. um, Roma, so Roma, um, yeah. I think plenty of people fancied our chances back then, so to get them in, in at, at this stage um, and... Um, Look, we, and get we just them. Dem- we demolished them in the preseason as well. Yeah, yeah, we get them. We get them. A ho- we get them at home first, which you know we, we probably would have, uh, truth be told, um, fancied it the other way around. But I remember distinctly that night um, at Anfield, Bayern Munich really come to do a job in terms of not conceding. That was their that was their number one priority, um, yeah. and they succeeded with the nil nil. It was a fairly negative stale kind of game from what I remember. Anyone else got any thoughts on it? I, I just remember that game being one of those where you, we were, I was deeply frustrated. We, we couldn't seem to create anything that night and it just, they, they walked off. They were absolutely, they were high-fiving and cheered at yeah. halftime when they got in without conceding. Mm. And then when they got off the pitch, Kovac thought they completely done a number on us and that they had this thing sewn up. Once they, once they had avoided conceding a goal to us, and had taken a draw and we were going away nil all, they thought that, they, right, we'll do this exactly. back in, in, exactly. in the boy arena. Yeah. But I remember uh, Kimmich, yeah. Kimmich roaring in Mane's face and all in the, the final yeah. whistle. I remember yeah. that. I remember that thinking, thanks very much. You know, I mean, it's a very un-German thing to do. You know, I, I deal with Germans all the time, my job, you know, I have my opinion on them, and that you know they call they they call that Schadenfreude in germ in in German, and that's that was a typical example. Klopp that would have just Klopp would have just rub, been rubbing his hands together. I mean, no need for a team talk in Munich. No, absolutely no need for. You know. Yeah, there was Van, no Van Dijk was missing that night, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 played centre half, if I remember correctly. We were we were going through we were going through our centre back crisis at that stage. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We played yeah. Fabinho at one stage. and our centre back, and he was absolutely colossal. I remember thinking, okay, let's squeeze him in there. But no, look, I think I think Bayern Munich are a myth. I have done for a year. I think the last of the Bayern Munich we you know that we understand is the the Bayern Munich that dismantled Arsenal, that just finished Arsenal over two games. I, I really do believe that. Don't get me wrong, I have respect for Lewandowski, but Virgil van Dijk made him look like a child. You know. Yeah, I think I, I think what you'd say just on Bayern Munich, um, especially if anyone started watching the Bundesliga over the last couple of weeks, I think they have you know retooled a little bit. And yeah, they've got they, a new. They, yeah. Yes, the young lad. The, 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 yeah, the pace they've got now back in in, in attack. I mean that that uh, that wide player is excellent. They've they've yeah, 
But I don't think they're anything. I mean, give me Bayern in the Champions League as Liverpool, you know, every year at that stage, and I'll take them. I think if you I think if you buy Munich now though, um, I think you you absolutely want that Champions League to start again in yeah, in, yeah. in August time because you are going to have a massive. She, I think and this and uh, but Ray, I think this is something that City's going to go through as well when when um, Guardiola pisses off. Like they, Bayern Munich had specifically set up a squad and a team for Guardiola mm. to 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 use. Right after he leaves. There's very few managers that play a very similar style to him in terms of the, the, the passing and the type of possession football that, that they were doing. But all those players that were in that Bayern squad were designed around that. And so that, that transition from, was, we hit them at an ideal time because they were clearly in transition from one football style to another. And even with mm-hmm. Kovac is gone now, like they've gone through yeah. another manager. He, like there was the question mark, like there, goal is to win the Champions League. Bayern Munich is there to win the Champions League. The same way PSG want to win the Champions League and we want to win it. But like they because they win the league nearly every year in Germany, their focus really is on a Champions League run. And they like lads, they totally believe when they got the nil all that they were going to be able to bring us back, use the home the home crowd to their advantage and beat us. Whether it was one nil, two one or whatever it was, but they firmly believed that they could beat us in the Allianz Arena and they obviously were thinking, here's Klopp. He hasn't got a great record when it comes to playing Bayern Munich mm. in that ground. We can use every hex that's available to us because they truly believed that they had that tie one. But they communicated they that feel. <laughs> they communicate. I mean, Joshua Kimmich in that moment communicated that. If I'd have been, if I'd have been Kovac in that dressing room, I'd have, I'd have said to him, "What are you fucking doing? You're letting them know that this is the be all and end all." The German teams that I grew up watching are, are three 0 up. Coursing at each other, giving out yeah, because they're not doing the little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're 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 completely dissatisfied. That's the vibe you want to transmit to a team like Liverpool, where then we're looking around at each other, going, "Fuck's sake," you know. Yeah, but Pete, we, 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 you're also playing. Yeah, but we have to play what's been going on around this team and around. Like we are. And with City, we're winning the league. We've got a few points advantage on City at this stage. When you go back to when this match was played, right? Yeah. City and ourselves are being talked about as the best teams in Europe and who's going to stop us in the Champions League at this point in time. It wasn't about the other teams, right? It was who's going to be able to stop Liverpool and Manchester City based on the form they have in the Premier League. Can Barcelona do it? Can Bayern Munich do it? And from their point of view, like Bayern Munich were trying to put a stamp that these were they were an equal to us as it is. Like When you think well, going into that competition, Everyone thought that Spurs were going to be likely challengers for the title against City, right? United had finished runners-up in the league the previous year as well, right? And they're going through the Mourinho effect in terms of him pissing off and everything. So look, where teams start at the start of the year to where they end up at this point, which is the business end of the season, it really fundamentally changes based on what's been going on in that league and at that time. And, and to Shawnee's point, at this moment in time, that break caused by the pandemic is playing beautifully into Bayern Munich's hands because they've been able to go off, they've been able to regather, bed in um, Hansi Flick's methods and his methodologies and bring his own beliefs into and that their team league and you can see now. it. Like yeah, you're right, you're right. And, yeah. they're, and they're ahead fitness-wise. I mean, yeah, I think maybe, I'd, uh, look, I think none of us want to see Manchester City win it. I really don't want to see them win it. If they're going to be banned, they should have been banned immediately in my view. Um so, yeah, would I prefer to see Bayern Munich? Yeah, but it frustrates me that we oh, went out then the way we went out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, this year, yeah, I have to yeah. say. Really I frustrating. But, 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 going, going into that second leg, though, they go, yeah, to get yeah. back to the, the last season, uh, it was one of the best away before. Like, it was a, oh, yeah. a textbook 
Yeah. Well, European you away performance. It, you think about it. We we lose three games away from home in the group yeah. stage. Like there we've been relatively certain, shy away in Europe on that club. Yeah, and there was certain <laughs> reason, you know, and we win three home games, so there was a certain element of logic from Munich to to be happy with the nil nil yeah. that that yeah. that they came away from Anfield because we've been absolutely woeful away from home, but the reality is we absolutely make them look like a bunch of amateurs Children. in that yeah. second leg. Children. Children. Yeah. Now, I know Mane's goal, but for me, you know, uh, when Virgil van Dijk, you know, rises and heads home that goal for 2-1 yeah. and you basically know it's a done deal at that particular stage, um, that for me was just, you know, I, you know, I always love seeing Virgil scoring um, scoring goals, but, but I, th- um, I, th- I think I think Ray though the for- the fourth goal does a couple of things. Obviously, it gets us an away goal, but it, it yeah. cuts them open to us an extent and it exposes. Phil mentioned earlier on Manuel Neuer and his tendency to do something Bruce Grabbler esque. He done that that night. I mean, he's 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 come into the right back position to you know to try and deal with 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 Sadio Mane. I mean, he's set the tone then for the rest of the game. He said, I mean. Van Dijk, Mane, and you know, basically the way we're playing is exposed to their back four. You can't trust what's behind you. We're going to have you all night. For me, from the minute that happened, I remember thinking, anything could happen here. Anything, mm. you know? Yeah. And I think Phil's right. Was this a particular highlight for you, Phil? Because I, I know you like to follow German football. I no, like uh, to me the like I will go back. I, I think the Mane goal is, is is just special. Like they go on about the the, the Bear Camp goal, you know the one where he flicked it over the yeah. player and they goes around the side. Yeah. What 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 Mane does? He like he basically dislocates three of his hips, his two <laughs> knees, and the whole lot. Because none none of us none of us are thinking when that ball is played up that he's going to do what he does. Yeah. But there's not yeah. a single pair looking at it going. There's no way he can do that. Because how it does it all at one movement? Does yeah, it, the, it's, whole, it's, the whole goal was one movement. It was mental. It, it reminds me of like you know when um, a running back cuts and does a mad cut that opens up the whole pitch in American football. Like the yeah. way he cuts that ball and turns that that it was like that type of spin. Because Neuer, Neuer can't even go near him. He can't put his hand out to stop the ball. There's not a, there's no way he can approach that ball at that point to do anything with it. And it's just it's insane. And when you when you watch it back over and over again, you just go. This is mad. It looks, you know, you know, one, one of those signature uh, moments where you just go, "That's mental," and you always, can always remember. You, you always know what's going to happen. It's like the the Suarez goal against Newcastle when the ball comes over and he basically t- takes it running on his chest and on his shoulder, and then sends the keeper a dummy and goes around him and slots it in. That's what the Mane goal is like. You can yeah. see the the Van Dijk pass to him is ridiculous. Yeah. And you that, know, what, actually, that, the the funny thing is there was a narrative going into that game that I don't know whether you remember it. Um, the long ball. We. We were a long ball team. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, it. Yeah. Remember it well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, have have it then. Have it then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's and a long pass. Klopp was basically saying it's a long pass. Yeah. And Van Dyke Van Dyke slices one seventy yards up the pitch. I like Jesus Christ. It was kind of a uh, yeah. That 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 was one of the standout. But we we that. do that, Sean. We do that. I know it was in in some games. I mean, against Everton, for example, last year or this year. Sorry, when he when he changed. Norman. Yeah, when he changed everything, we do that. I think that's deliberate. It's almost like, listen, Origi's. We're going to play Origi central, um, and we're going to get in behind. They're going to come at us in a derby game. 
keep picking them off. I mean, it's not yeah. incidental. This is well thought through. That Lovren pass is ridiculous. But when you've got a player like Virgil van Dijk that can pass the ball like Ruud Hullicourt, you, you do that. Yeah. And it, it's not the long the, ball, it's the long pass, you know? The only thing that annoyed me about that game is that we were literally home and hosed and then in the 98 minute, Robertson makes a shoot, like he makes a, a needless tackle on the halfway line and gets mm. booked and ended up missing the, the quarter of the first leg of the quarter final. Now, we'll get on to obviously oh, next, but I remember, um, I remember at the final whistle, you could, like, it was kind of like, fuck, if, if we end up with a, with a, a tough draw here, like, Robertson mm-hmm. would be a miss because I think yeah. Moreno would have been our backup at that stage, you know? No, he'd have played Milner, surely. Yeah. So, I mean, who, 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 well, I can't remember who slotted in, but um, probably no, was, Jesus, probably yeah. was, probably was Milner. But look, we, we, <clears throat> this for me is where we get our little bit of luck in terms of the draw because um, there's there's eight teams left, um, and the teams left uh, as well as ourselves, uh, Ajax, uh, Juventus, Spurs, Man City, Man United, Barcelona. And Porto, and uh, luckily we draw Porto. Um, <laughs> I remember sitting in the pub watching this. I remember sitting in the pub. I, I was having some breakfast, uh, actually, uh, in a pub between uh, between meetings, and uh, I had the TV on. Strategically, got myself in here, and I just learned. I just absolutely laughed my head off through the whole draw. <laughs> And to see Spurs and Man City getting one another because you knew that was going to be tough, an all-English tie, uh, anything could happen. And then obviously the icing on the cake was seeing United draw and uh, Barcelona because you, you kind of knew uh, what was what was coming too. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we get Porto. Obviously we we played Porto uh, in the previous um, campaign. So I think we were all, I'd say we were all feeling rather confident when that when that when that draw goes ahead and you've almost got one eye um so, did we the final but remember we had hockeyed them the previous year in yeah. the road to Kiev yeah so like and essentially they they'd lost their best player as well so it was really a case of going right if 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 we turn up we're going to beat these it's just a case of how many are we, are we going to beat them which is a strange feeling in a quarter final of a champions league like and that's not paying any disrespect to Porto. It's just that we were so far ahead of them in the previous year's game, and they weren't at the same level as they'd been at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, because I think every one of us thought that we were going to get Roma in the next round because Roma and Porto were playing each other, and somehow Porto managed to, I think, to overcome a two-one uh, loss away to Roma and then win three-two or something at home, and it's like they, they go through and away goals or something like that. But like, the, it's, isn't is this the one where? And it's just something that you reminded me there, right? Was the was wasn't this? Didn't you know you get Barcelona after knocking out PSG? Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and they yeah, scored yeah. in the last minute or the something. That to go Rashford through. Had, Rashford yeah. had scored the yeah. penalty. And I think they won. They won. Yeah. 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 Didn't yeah. they? Didn't they? Didn't they give Solskjaer then the hundred year contract off the back of that? <laughs> much, Paris Saint Germain win. Yeah, yeah that's, when, yeah, Rio, that's when Rio made his famous joke. <laughs> yeah. Get oh, the checkbook yeah. out. Get the checkbook out. <laughs> Sign on the line. <laughs> I'm fucking idiot. He's a clown, that guy. Honestly, he's a clown. I suppose what we, what, I suppose what we were what we were missing there though is that on the other side of the draw you have Ajax destroying teams. Because they've yeah. knocked out the Ajax Ajax knocked out Real Madrid, Madrid. But look 
And we were looking at them going, this is a ridiculously good Ajax team. Remember, it was Frankie de Jong. There was all these all these kids that just suddenly appeared in this Ajax team. Haddish, Delay. Yeah, they were very David, good. David Neres. Even then your, man, um, even your man Tadic. Yeah, it yeah. was a, flash, yeah, was a, a real flash in the season Rieke for them. Like, uh, he scored yeah. 35 yeah. goals, didn't he, that season, I think, last season. Um, yeah, it was like... Um, it was a real lightning in a bottle moment for that team. Really, like they were, everything was going in their in their favour. Yeah, I mean, look, well, at, lads, I don't know about you, but what I like all the way up until like, I, this sounds funny saying it because we actually went on to win it. Like I didn't give a bollocks about the Champions League when we were getting Porto and Barcelona because we were still right in the race yeah. for the the Premier League. So I, like I said, the Champions League was only ever felt like a sideshow. Mm. Yep. Yeah. 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 It was a bonus. It, was, it, it probably was around this time in the season when we were when we were kind of having the debate about whether it was worth us continuing on in the Champions League because it might harm our chances of winning the league and all of this. Gary Neville made the point. Remember, live on television, they should yeah. should get themselves knocked out of it. But then again, he would have been fuming. Anyone would have known. I mean, you don't beat Liverpool over two legs. You just don't. But well, don't get me wrong. Atletico Madrid just did, didn't they? But normally speaking, you don't. So you know, the chances are they're going to the final. And that, I think that was a double big problem for him. But I remember, you're right, I remember though, um, we we talked about this a fair bit, Ray, yeah. uh, on the on the podcast at the it time. Was a weekly and, thing for about four every, weeks. Every one of us were saying, look, rest the players during the Champions League matches. Yeah. The league, we need to win the league. We've yeah. we've gotten to a final. We've, we've been into a Champions League final. We've won five of them. If we get to the final by playing, by allowing him to rest players and have players fresh for the league, and we focus on the league, you get there, you get there. It's not that big of a deal. And it almost felt for the players like there was a mental cleanser when the Champions League games came around. That they were the pressure wasn't. Remember how remember how pressurized the league running had become at this point. Yeah, yeah he yeah. couldn't drop a point. They, I think they were they ahead of they just gone ahead of us, and we were we had had those couple of results against Leicester and stuff that had let them back in, and we were matching each other. Result for result for result for result for result, and you could feel that pressure building all the time. So when we got to the Champions League matches, you could even see the players look like they had been a, had a mental break um, to to get away from it. So um, that, that's what I remember primarily when we got into this. And like the Porto game, though, felt like the Porto game genuinely felt like one of those breaks because I think you're right. Milner played left back in the fourth leg for Robertson being being suspended, and I think Kate scores. The the less I spotted Navi played the scores, uh-huh. and and then was it Mane or Firmino scored the the second goal? Firmino scores the last, I think. Was, I think. Yeah, I think. I think it was, was Firmino, Salah. Yeah. Maybe on the break was it not Salah? Maybe. No, it was Firmino. The ball. Was uh, Firmino. Mane does a mad bit of skill and pulls the ball back. That's right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good it finish. Is, yeah. And then basically, I think. I think. We literally passed. I think the boys at the back passed the ball between themselves in the second half. Like nothing happened. Yeah, nothing, nothing happened. happened. Nothing happened at all. Like so. I mean, based on the previous season, Porto go into a second leg. You know, technically still with a chance. Uh, only only two nil down, taking us back to their place. Um, but again, it was a, it was a, it was a dismantling job of the highest order I mean again off the back of being woeful in the in the in the group stage away um, we just like flicking a switch and we and we beat them handily 
Yeah, yeah, and we, like we absolutely destroyed him in Portugal as well. So, like, yeah. t- to be fair, I, I'm, I'm gonna be like this, this, that second. I can't even remember the second game. I can't remember. Oh, I, I just remember some saying, great goals, some really good goals in it. I think I, I think I probably only saw the goal, Sean, because I felt like it was already yeah. wrapped up from the first leg, and that they yeah. couldn't actually touch us, and they couldn't because we were just we just destroyed them when they came. At, if I'm right, didn't they come at us for the yeah. first yeah. five, yeah. ten, fifteen minute. minutes? Tri- yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, and we just picked them off. It was a bit of a jangler, yeah, it was actually. Uh, but again, they they bombarding us for ten minutes, and then Allison is picking the ball. Picking off attacks like he's picking apples out of a tree, really, and then it just everything just stems from there. Once we got the force goal, I think actually I think the force goal was like some dodgy kind of VAR thing, and uh, we ended up getting the goal in the end. Man, I remember it now. It was money, and to be honest, I remember thinking Um, I'd be chopped, rocked off. It it probably should have been, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and then it was that was just the break we needed. Then their heads dropped straight away, and we we literally. Like you're thinking, Jesus Christ, it was kind of the accumulation of us winning all them games in a row in the Premier League and mm. you were just seeing us batting aside opposition, burning in the, the round of 16 and then batting aside part down the quarterfinal in the Champions League and you're like, what, what the cruising into a semi-final of a Champions League here really and when you look at the draw, like I think we'll be any of the other teams that's left in the draw. Like You are looking at Ajax, Ajax beat Juventus, Spurs, um, Spurs got through against City, and that you know what? Some, I'm because I think Spurs and City game, was on the same it? night, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't switch off to Liverpool game. Yeah, because yeah, it was, uh, was one. It was one. I remember Milner yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. scores for them. Yeah. You know, I think from our Achilles heel, maybe it was a set piece, but I think then yeah. we we just hit them. And and it was pretty much done from about half an hour to come. When Salah scores, I switched over to Tottenham like you, Sean. I remember because I yeah. think I saw you uh, on Twitter saying um, the the two eye symbol for sports, and I I remember it clearly. I remember switching over. What's going on here? And it was just you know gunfight idiot Carral over there, you know. Yeah, Van Dijk gets a, a, another header towards the end uh, to wrap it up. But yeah, I start to turn towards that um, that unbelievable game um, between. Spurs and Man City. Obviously, Spurs had kind of raced into an early lead, and then City come roaring back. And uh, I mean, the the the, the disallowed goal is just uh, beautiful, great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember, never BT were interviewing your man outside the stage. Like, how do you feel about that? It's a good result into the semi final. He was like, "What are you talking about? The goal was disallowed." He's like. What are you talking about? He said, still, it's mm. good. He says, no, no, it's yeah. disallowed. <laughs> and you can see our man's nappy filling on the spot. It was fucking glorious. I, think what I, love, <laughs> I, love, I love how much the Manchester City fans pretend that they don't care about the Champions League. They hate UEFA, they hate this, how much it doesn't mean. And Pep Guardiola's ha- head in his hands, on, on his knees, sterling absolutely sick. They care. Do you know what I mean? They they want that trophy. Yeah. Do you think there's a 1.2 billion euros invested in them to fail in Europe? No, there isn't. It's, it was a beautiful moment, a beautiful moment. Yeah, and then that happened, and you are looking at the the four teams in the draw, and you are kind of going, you know you're what? Looking at obviously, you're looking at ourselves, Barcelona, uh, Ajax, and and Tottenham, and um, we do draw. You know, the toughest of the lot. 
Um, let's face it. I mean, Ajax were, you know, they were a wild card and they were on some hell of a run. Um, so who knows what would have happened uh, over two legs against Ajax. I think it would have been quite wild, actually. No way, Ray. To be honest it with would have suited us. That Ajax, a young team, you know, yeah. trying to, to play the way they play, the academy way, come forward, attack you, attack you. Liverpool defend very well, bounce off you on the break. Spurs, not so much. So it becomes, again, another gunfight at the OK Corral moment. But Liverpool against inside, like, I laughed. Hakim Ziyech being interviewed that we would have done this. We would Yeah, you would have attacked us, Hakim. But you being, and I point the finger at him as an individual, gives the ball away so often. And then you look at, and Phil will probably agree with me here, the goalkeeper they have that everybody seems to be able to, to seems to be chasing, uh, Onana, whatever. He's one of the worst top, uh, top-rated goalkeepers I've ever seen. We would have absolutely embarrassed Ajax. Telling you now, no doubt in my mind. Sure, I don't to, know. Be fair, to be fair, the Ajax, they battered Spores over two legs. Like they did, that, they did. They battered yeah. Spores over two. Spore, I think Spores could outweigh a one nil. That uh, no, it wasn't the. They were beaten. They were well beaten in yeah. whatever they call that fucking new stadium. But then they were. <laughs> I remember thinking that that semi final was over after twenty minutes. Ajax were pulling them all over the place. Well, yeah. The Harry yeah, Kane then, Memorial Stadium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. they had like, see, a, they had a see, bit of in Istanbul, they had a six, they had six mental minutes and well, yeah, the end they of the game. They have mm-hmm. Lucas Mora, who for me, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry, we're not going to talk about the phone, but I'll say what I have to say, but Lucas Mora for me, along with Son, they're the two best players. And to think that Harry Kane gets indulged for, you know, over both, it's ridiculous. Or shoot themselves in the foot all the time. But come here, this, this Ajax team was fearless, right? And their, their biggest problem in the end was naivety. They didn't, know how to, they didn't know how to play defensive football. And if you remember what happens, they go three up, right? Yeah. And then they, they try to sit back and just hold on. They say, right, we've, we've done our job and we're through. And that was the biggest, that was their biggest problem. Had they continued to play the way they played, they could have ended up winning five or six or seven. Nil. I think they do. They have another massive chance. I don't know if they hit the post or something, but they did. They, they did. They, yeah. they could have yeah. chances yeah. to score, even, yeah, you know, even amongst the all the, the madness. In the last that, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. lads I would have fancied it against them they're just naive and open and honest and I think that's why they, they, they that team gets picked apart you know what I mean but then you, you say that but they handled Real Madrid they schooled Real Madrid right and Real Madrid had won the co- competition three, year, three years in it, on the trot right they schooled Juventus and that's a Juventus team that Chiellini still marshalling the defence that's there and had all the heads that, that have been winning trophies for uh, over and over again with Juventus so I don't know. The, the, I I thought they were a bigger danger than Spurs. To be totally honest with you, when I looked at it, I was there going, "They, they of of all the teams, I thought they were the ones that would would be able to match us for our work rate and for the speed of play." And I said, "Whereas the rest didn't have the same." And even Barcelona. Let's talk about Barcelona. But look, even Barcelona, their team that's coming down from what their what their absolute peak was. Right, you're you're taking a Messi who's now on the wrong side of thirty. And I always felt that we, over the two legs, our, we would have superior fitness to them and we would get chances. It was a case of how could we limit the damage in, when we went to the camp now, which I guess we didn't really. But like that's a mad game. That is a yeah, mad it game. Is. Let's get on to that because Pete, you were there and yeah. um, it was a, you know, it was a, it was the, the, the glamour tie. Um, we go to Barcelona first, which I think we, we probably all would have been. Um, happy to do. I think before the game, um, certainly amongst all of us, 
there was almost dead certainty that we would score over there. Um, you couldn't envisage anything other than that. Obviously, at this stage, we're still going strong in the league, uh, matching City punch for punch. Um, so we go over to Barcelona uh, for the first leg and just just give us a sense of what you felt over that 90 minutes uh, remember, watching remember it live. I've been to the new Camp several times now. The, the thing I've, I've always, I suppose, ignored up until it was Liverpool because, you know, you're, you're never conscious of where the away fans are when you're there watching Barcelona if it's against whoever. I, I They put Liverpool supporters right up in the guts. I mean, but the new Camp is is a funnel of a stadium. It's the only way I can Mad describe stadium. it. It's a, it's a funnel. So the, the fans are in a place where they can't be hurt, the away fans. Yeah. Um, so immediately, I think, in disadvantage level. But then, move on to the new, the the Barcelona fans themselves. They, they've, they've no banter. They've no atmosphere. They've one chant, and it's Messi, Messi. So I remember thinking, these guys, these lot can't create an atmosphere. How are these players getting up for it? The only way I can describe the new camp is like a theatre. I mean, I have a showbiz background, yeah. so I know a little bit about the. It's 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 not a football stadium. It's a theater and a museum of yeah. no atmosphere. So, so yeah, it's about entertainment, isn't it? And yeah. that's kind so of the minute, you, what they do is they hammer. For example, no, Messi is exempt from any kind of criticism. He can give the ball away <laughs> for ninety minutes, and, and he's completely exempt. <laughs> Philip Coutinho, I'll never forget it, was hammered for ninety minutes. No, I didn't. Was think, he, yeah, I didn't think he, he played all that badly. I thought. Yeah. Uh, the Arturo Vidal was terrible. Chasing shadows pretty much only. We were absolutely excellent. But we were caught by three moments. I mean, the ball that was played in for the fourth goal to Suarez around the corner just cuts the centre half and Alisson yeah. in half. There's nothing anyone can do about it. It's just a moment of pure class. The second one is just a rico- ricochet uh, all the way around the box and it falls to Messi who's in the right areas, who has done nothing really all night he's been shackled and the Torden which I'm right behind it's just I mean I clapped I have to say as gutted yeah. as I was I mean I saw you Sean on Twitter last week saying a part of me died but then I just <laughs> appreciate it and I, I was just saying I'm right behind that and at no moment did I make a, a gesture with my head to say oh, I better get out of the way it's going to hit me in the face you just knew it's t- it's going in the absolute top corner. The little fella can do anything. But I'm telling you, he did nothing for 90 minutes. I don't know how it looked on the television. He did nothing. Mohamed Salah ran at Barcelona all night, terrorised them all yeah, night. Yeah, he was excellent. It was he the was last bit. The, the problem with Liverpool was that it was just the last bit. Whenever it was time to square the ball across the box, it hit someone. It was the most bizarre 3-0 defeat I've ever seen. We were excellent. Yeah, the, one of the one of the things that stood out for me in uh, the Barcelona game is we created a half full of chances, and it sounds stupid saying this. Like, there's never a good time co- to concede a goal, but we just conceded in all the wrong moments. Like, I think we hit the post, and then they go up the other end, and it goes two 0 Then we have another big chance to get an away goal, and mm. I think we squander it, and then to get the free kick and score. But the biggest telltale to me was Dembele goes clean through and scuffs scuffs a chance to go 4-0 and yeah. Messi is going absolutely bananas mm-hmm. at full time. Like, he's going balubus. He's going fucking nuts about it because he knows, like, Anfield is in we, his need head. To kill, in his head. we need to kill these now. Like, we have to kill these now. If we don't kill these now, like, we can't give them any hope. 
and it was hard. It was real, like it was horrible because we got up behind in the title race and you just got battered in the Champions League semi final. Like the scoreline would suggest you got we got battered, which we did. And you are thinking, like, is this gonna be like fucking like last year, all all for nothing? Like all this brilliant football, all for nothing? Like. Klopp's not going to get his moment these players aren't going to get that moment but then there's a moment in that game Sean I'll never forget it um, I think it was Luis Suarez passes um, he passes by Andrew Robertson anyway he has something to say he has a chip on him Yeah, Robertson yeah. has a little chip back and I remember thinking yeah it's things like this it's things like of all people Luis Suarez to do that I mean, yeah, he screamed in his face, didn't he, when yeah. we scored? When they scored, and yeah. the way Liverpool are, the way the way we are as a side, it's like nothing. You notice the tension. No, everything gets used, nothing gets forgotten. And I remember, unfortunately, I wasn't at Anfield, but I remember looking at it, and you could see him having the chips back. And then when the moment that Fabinho absolutely poleaxes Suarez in the sexiest tackle I've ever seen in my life, by the way. He poleaxes yeah. him. You know what I mean? I thought he was going to break him in half, legally, by the way. I remember thinking, these have got nothing. Because Luis Suarez is looked at as their tough guy. He's the one that you gauge, are we going to be able for it? He just went quiet then. He just went quiet. And we absolutely, I remember there was a moment, um, Jordi Alba, who I like and respect, you could just tell he just didn't want to be there. You know, he just didn't want to be there. It was just... I mean, people talk about Leo Messi being great, and we'll talk about the second leg later on. But you know, there's there's moments where you, you can be. It's all right being great when things are going well, but you know that's that's why I kind of respect Cristiano Ronaldo because after their Atletico Madrid game when they you know they lost the force, like he literally decided, well, you're going to give me stick, I'm going to score three goals, and you're going out. I don't I don't see Leo Messi. Leo Messi's great when things are going great. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had I, I had the unfortunate experience myself of being I was actually on holiday in uh, Florida at that time for the first leg, and I had the unfortunate experience of um, having to listen to Martin Tyler do the commentary um, <laughs> because he was doing it. Oh over well, there. I can only um, imagine. And honestly, the amount of pairing he was doing uh, about Barcelona, about how much superior they've been. Um, for those 90 minutes um, about Lionel Messi, you know, uh, being the difference maker, which fair enough, he'd, he'd scored two goals, but one was an absolute uh, tapping um, off a rebound, ricochet, whatever you call it. And then obviously, yeah, he gets a worldie of a free kick, but um, it was sickening. I remember just being so, feeling so like empty at the end of that game because we deserved for me a lot more out of it we certainly deserved an away goal felt to me like we would you know I remember saying to me dad at the time we will we will win that second leg I just not convinced we can win it without conceding ourselves which means we would have an absolute mountain to climb and and you know we 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 look like we're gonna come up short in the league um, we go on, I think, the weekend after we beat Newcastle with the late goal from Origi. But then the night before the second leg, we obviously have the life completely sucked out of us um, in the league um, when company scores that, you know, once yeah. in a lifetime goal. So we go into that second leg feeling like the season, pretty much it's a formality almost that the season is going to end in, you know, more kind of glorious failure, really. Um, on 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 both fronts. But, but that but second Ray, leg, 
that second leg, I mean, um, the gods had something else um, but in right, mind. Right. Do, do you remember? Because we were, we were again, we were in the studio when we watched this match together, right? Yeah. But do you remember though our thoughts before that match? It was, it was really, it was really depression because we were also missing a shitload of players going out to play Barcelona. We had to do something. We had to do something that would was never done to Barcelona before. We had to win four 0 and it was a case of like, well, can we stop them scoring if we have to really go ultra attacking? And then we were saying, well, we don't have Salah, we don't have Firmino, we don't have. This fella, we don't have that fella. How are we going to? How 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 is this even possible with half our team, half the the front three missing? Like when we're going out to do this to play this game, so the expectation for this match was like I remember it was basically zero expectation. We just wanted to get this match out, out of the way with, and then hope hope that upon hope that City would drop points somewhere and that we could manage to sneak it and win the league towards the end. And that that was where everyone's mindset was at. So definitely, my my emotional investment in the Champions League had finished. To be honest with you, I mean, I actually had two tickets for the game. I'll admit, I had two tickets for the game. I had already made the decision before. Um, before the first leg that I wasn't going to go because it was just too much of a logistical nightmare to get back from America and then go straight back up over to Liverpool the next day. Um, and I gave the tickets to my mum and dad and it was the best game of their lives. Um, <laughs> so Mr. and Mrs. Dicko were well happy with that particular night because they uh, seen witnessed something that they'd never seen but before do you remember- in all their years going. Do you remember, so this game starts off and we score quite quickly, right? And do you remember yeah. there was a feeling, even, right, as soon as that goal goes in, there is almost a feeling that actually something might happen here. Do you remember, because like, nothing really happens until the second half, but there's just this feeling that we got one early. So once they don't score before half time, anything is possible here because we've done it before. You know that way? Like it was, it was just, it was just this mad sense that we were possibly, because we got that goal early, there was potentially something on here that wasn't on up until five minutes before kickoff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I know. And, and um, I mean, I remember that night very well because um, I watched the first half at home and then made the trip over to the studio for the second half. And um, I remember think obviously we get the early goal, but I still didn't allow myself to be truly invested in any thoughts that we were going to, you know, we were going to turn this around on its head and get through to the final. So I never, uh, it's only when uh, obviously, well, you can't, you don't even have a chance to think between the second and the third goals as to what, as to what you truly mm. believe is it might be possible because in the blink of an eye and, and, and that's the most amazing part. I know the goal at the end, you know, um, Trent's quick thinking, but for me, that, 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 sort of couple of minutes that elapses between the two Genie Wine Aldum goals, you know, watching it in real time is just truly amazing, isn't it? Yeah, Barcelona's yeah, faces, yeah. you know, it was I almost did. they were waiting for the third goal to happen. Do you know, do you, Phil, when the fourth goal went in, it's not talked about enough. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm fawning over him. I don't care. Alisson again has a big 15 minutes. He makes... He makes three, two big saves, and then for one for Jordi Alba, he just makes himself massive. Yeah. And yeah. The, the real telling moment for me was they actually, Bar- Barcelona, every one of the players was shirking responsibility. Now, Pete saying, yes, he went to Biden. I actually thought he had a good game that night. And good that happened came through him. Well, and Jordi, Alba, Jordi Alba is one on one. 
with Allison and then Troy tries to square it. That's the worst decision, isn't it? Wants nothing to do with it. That is it. No. Like from from the minute from the fourth whistle, that head was gone. And like we we see now, we seen afterwards with their documentary that they don't they didn't fancy it from the fourth whistle. And we were literally so rabbit. Listen, all the talk here is there's no leaders. Barcelona, you know, have, have were very, very fortunate with what came through their academy all at once. You know, the Xabi, Iniesta, even Carlos Puyol, to a certain extent, before them. They had pure leadership all the way through the line. There's not a leader in that. They tried to buy leadership with Arturo Vidal, who's not good enough to be in the eleven. You know, it's, it's I mean, Barcelona's a myth. Honestly, don't get me wrong. They were fantastic under Frank Rijkaard, fantastic under Pep. But they've completely lost their way. They've completely, they're a one-player team now. And, you know, we, we really... Expect, don't get me wrong. As I said, for me, the two legs, it could have been... We really could, could have been 2-2, realistically, at the new Camp. And it could have been 4-0 to Liverpool yeah. at Anfield. And then you'd be really talking about, this Barcelona team is absolutely finished. Finished. Not for me. Not for me. And when that fourth goal goes in, they never, they never really seemed no. a doubt that Barcelona were going to respond with a with the goal no. that would have took them through, is there? And and then it was like every year since Klopp has arrived, there's been sort of an evolution in the squad. Like uh, obviously from the fourth season, we've seen the present, like the half season, and then the second season, it was that real gun how football, and then. The season we're talking about then was when Van Dijk came in midway through, we started to get that solidity. But then with the likes of Fabinho coming in, we started to see the game management side of this Jurgen Klopp side really evolve. And then the last 10 minutes are superb. The ball retention under pressure, they're, 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 trying to just, they're trying to press on us and create wherever we can. When we get the ball, we're just, just knocking it about them. Uh, Boyne fouls on the edge of the halfway line. There was total head loss for them. Like they didn't have anything for us in the last ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, there's so many highlights from that game. Robbo's little flick of Messi's head, the ball boy running down at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a famous. Uh, that's a famous gift now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, um, the, obviously um, the goal. The you know Trent's Trent's. Um, well, that's the, the, um, the, 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 the stat that jumps out in my mind. I'm glad you said it, Dayray. Is like Origi only had in the all of last season's Champions League, he had three shots in the whole of the Champions League. Oh, <laughs> 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 he made them efficient, pants, efficient, Phil. Efficient, he's efficient. He, he had three shots on target in the whole of the Champions League last year, and Two, he scored two against Barcelona. Well, obviously, the second one being the the corner taken quickly from Trent. But that corner taken quickly from Trent, it just to me always it, it brings home another piece that that sometimes we we forget or we don't see. But the level of detail that Klopp has brought into this team and into the small things to give them that extra one percent or two percent in a match day situation because they explained afterwards they'd always seen that Barcelona just torn off on corners because the teams that they play against in Spain have no confidence that they can beat them so when they get a corner they're more worried about Barca breaking against them than say them actually doing something that's exactly but, it and on the, attack, yeah, the attacking side they're bringing forward a big lad to say oh we'll try and need something and they're, they're spending and they're, you're absolutely right 
Yeah, Ter Stegen is trying to galvanise them. You know, he's still he's trying to kind of um, give them encouragement. Ray, when you go back and watch it, right, every single one of them aren't looking at Trent. No, every single only Suarez, only Suarez, and yeah, that that was it. Suarez can see exactly what's going on, but he's fifteen yards away from actually being able to do anything. Yeah, he's, he's probably amazing. thinking that's what I'd be looking for. You know what I mean? He's probably yeah, yeah. thinking, yeah. you know. <laughs> but the only other person on the pitch, to be fair to Barcelona, the only other person on the pitch that's paying any attention oh, is Origi. Yeah. Mm, that's true. But if you if you look if you look at the the Liverpool players aren't looking for the ball off Trent on the short one. They're all trying to get into position, and it's only Trent looks up and see, and Origi gives him a nod, and he gives him a nod back, and it's all done in split seconds. And within those split seconds, the the fourth a winning goal goes in, and it's just. And even at that, the finish, the finish that Origi, like the ball to him is brilliant. The pass to him is brilliant. It's on it. You can't, you couldn't put it in a better position, right? But his finish, because Ter Stegen is right in front of him. Yeah, to keep yeah. it down as the well, worst, to be honest. The, you know, the worst thing that happens actually, if you watch it, the ball was perfect, Phil, but just as he hits it, the ball bubbles. Yeah, does exactly. it? It does. It hops up, it it hops up slightly. So it makes it even harder. It's a good finish. But Origi is an excellent finisher. I mean, the two finishes against Everton are just... I, I, I honestly think that he's a very unlucky player in that he, he doesn't really fit our plan A, if you follow yeah. me. But boy, does he, fit the, does he fit that plan B. I think he's, if we sell him, you're going to see how good he is. He's that good. Yeah, he's so, but he's sometimes just a little bit too laid back for his own good, isn't he? You know, he, yeah. uh, you know I, I, he's one of these players that I, you know, obviously... Being a footballer is a job at the end of the day, um, and he just something about him says to me that this is a job to him. Um, even judging by some of his celebrations, yeah. do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, he's very casual. Um, I mean, you're looking at him; he's six four for start. He's built like an absolute machine, you know. And if if he's a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more on the front foot, you're thinking to yourself, "Geez, you've got a hell of a player." But you can't. It's the one thing you can't coach is demeanor. You know, I mean, he's he's been coached in this in this Belgian way of its ability, it's 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 thought through. He doesn't have that British style aggression that if he had, I agree with you. But then you might lose some of the the attributes that he actually does have, some of the cuteness that he has. I mean, sometimes he, he's good moments. I don't know if you know, Sean. He's playing on the left hand side. He drifts in very very well. He gets a lot of goals in that position. I think if he's just a blunt force trauma centre forward heading through the middle, like say a Glenn Murray. You lose that. You might get more goals from set pieces, but you lose that cuteness that he's got in that inside left position. I hear what you're saying, Ray, but it's just that's just not coached into him, you know? I'll say one thing about Rigi, and it's not talked about enough. I, he's probably the cleanest striker of the ball out of all of our strikers. Yeah. He, um, the amount of goals he gets on the turn, like a real classic centre forward, like like you said, he, he strikes the ball like Harry Kane. Like, mm. it, it all just flies off his foot whatever way like yeah. the, the goal in the final we'll obviously get onto it but there you go like if you have another if you have someone who's not as like we're looking at bringing Werner in obviously he'll he'll end up taking Origi's spot Origi is is probably not more of a natural striker than Werner if you yeah. get me no I think you're right I mean if you look at that finish I know we're going to talk about the final but that's an Ollie, Ollie Gullar Solskjaer finish you drag the ball yeah. across you wait for the defender to make that shield to the goalkeeper and then you use the defender's legs to finish the ball you know that's classic Solskjaer he made a career out of that 
I mean, for me, Origi does that. That's deliberate. You know, you're dead right. He's a classic. That's coached. That's very well coached. I don't want to see Divock Origi leave the club. I really don't. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, if, if and when Werner comes in, because that's phasey, he is coming. I think Werner. I think there's a good be, chance. I think there's a good chance that if Harry Kane leaves Spurs, that Spurs will go and sign Origi. Well, they'll be getting one hell of a player. They'll be getting one hell of a player. Yeah, I write. I do write. My, like you said, P. I think he's been unlucky. Like he's been unlucky to end up in the a team, probably the best front three that the club have ever had. Well, definitely the best front three that we've ever had. And if you actually look on that. Klopp's four season, he was starting to become a real talisman until he got done and by Fiona mm. uh, Fiona. Yeah, I remember the, the derby. Maybe. To be honest, you've got to be mobile in our front three. You know, you can't be that classic number nine. You, you've got to be. That's why, you know, it, I mean, Werner is a must. You have to be mobile. You, you won't see Klopp. Even, I'll give you the classic example. Obama Yang would have been brought in. Obama Young wanted to come. He would have been brought in yeah. as a pure finisher, but you lose that mobility, that fluidity that Liverpool have. And that's what I think O'Reilly suffers because, yeah, he's a he's a Brendan Rodgers signing and he was never going to fit it. But he gives you something yeah. in that t- in terms of that plan B. I think you're right. When he, Kane chose yeah, right. When he, I mean, when he, when he arrived at the club or when he, when he was signed, he was obviously, a, you know, a big hope for us because we were struggling at that time and I remember there was you know we were clam there was a lot of sort of calls for him to because uh, he because he, he was one of these wasn't it where he signed and he, yeah. he, he, he but he didn't he didn't arrive immediately yeah. and uh, yeah. everyone was like we need to get him here now you know this you know let's just call, let's just call him back let's just call him to the club now and all this sort of stuff and uh it is crazy to think that he's gone from that, you know, people trying to install him as our number one striker to someone who is kind of, you know, our number four um, and, and arguably maybe even our number five when the season started, because obviously you still have Sturridge in the mix um, at, that, at that at that I point. I don't know whether they, I don't know, oh, it might have been Phil actually. We played Napoli in a pre-season friendly and I was at the game in the Aviva and Origi was playing and I was thinking my god he's done he's done he looked like he was at the point yeah. over the summer and he his touch like normally very like a, a good like a very good force touch of the ball and he didn't look mobile or interested at all and I was mm. thinking you know what I'd say if I have decent offer comes in for him he'd be shipped out well Wolves yeah. offered 20 million quid they yeah, did it offer it didn't look like you know, Wolves did offer he looked and, like uh, he was Wolves did offer, and it would have been perfect for them, you know. So look, we the other, I guess the other enduring image at the end of that game um, when we do uh, beat Barcelona is obviously Mo Salah uh, on the pitch with the never give up t-shirts. Obviously, we were we were without him after he'd got injured in the Newcastle game in the, at the weekend previous. I mean, I think that just oh, you know, puts a bit of extra emphasis on you know the, the achievement it was to beat Barcelona um, to be without Salah and, and without Bobby as well weren't we um, you know so um, look we get through to the final and this is where I guess the uh, the uh, the real um, story starts in some ways um, obviously myself and Shawnee um, make the decision quite quickly that we're, we're going to Madrid and uh, Shawnee finds 
uh, random flights via uh, Germany initially and then coming back on Ethiopian Airlines. <laughs> um, obviously, his travel agent was off sick that day. Um, I went with a more, <laughs> a more direct uh, Ryanair Classic um, from Dublin to Madrid. Um, you obviously took to the car. Uh, Pete, how long's that drive? Did me four and a half hours. Um, four and a half hours. Well, it should, what, it should be six. Stop, is it? Yeah, it should be six to be honest. But um, that's it's uh, it was four and a half hours. I I went from the south, so it depends. If you leave from the city, it can be a little bit tricky. But I didn't. I left from Laos at the time because we had just moved from there, so it's more of an open road. Okay. But yeah, and the amount of and there wasn't that many going in my direction. It, all the traffic was coming no. um, via the so skies. You, didn't have, you, guys. you didn't have to. You, you didn't have to remember. My, my, there was people who were travelling to San Sebastian via Cove on a paddle boat. Classic. They were getting a, a helicopter from Nice down to Cadiz, then from <laughs> on the train up to Sevilla, and then a two-day bicycle ride from Sevilla up to Bar- up to Madrid. <laughs> like you said, like. Uh, like uh, Bob Shankly said, if Liverpool were playing on the moon, uh, they'd sign Elon Musk and send it out the rockets. <laughs> <laughs> so we did, we did. Ah, Bob was a great man. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking Bob Paisley, Bill Shankly, everybody does that. <laughs> no, no, Don't that's right. It's Bob Shankly. Oh, Pete, you're a Muppet, you are. It's Bob Shankly, everyone knows. <laughs> So we did invade. We did invade Madrid. Um, I mean, I got there on the Thursday. I think you got there on the Friday. Oh no, you got there on the Thursday as well, didn't you, Sean? Yeah, because we were out that Thursday night um, with the old um, the holy water uh, shishas, which was great. Um, We're looking for a place to drink at points at half one in the morning, Madrid. And the thing was, I was staying with one of my pals over there. It was he was a native. It was a local. Oh, we thought was, we were yeah. going out for a point at one o'clock in the morning, and probably just didn't understand me. He was just looking no. at me. I was thinking, "I'm going to get a point." So me and Dick are strolling around, and we walk into this place. And the only way you could describe it was, was it smelled like a church. All you could smell was like the the incense from a church. And we were like, "What do we have to do to get a to get a point in here?" So we ended up smoking. Yeah, <laughs> holy water flavored shishes. Ah, you're in with the. See, there's a huge um, North African contingent here in Spain, so you just were unlucky. I tell you what, you weren't going to get, and that's a drink. <laughs> oh yeah, well, we did get, no, they gave us the two beers, but it was we had to. Yeah, we had to have the yeah. shisha. Yeah. Now saying that they were lukewarm <laughs> and alcohol free. Bet you, I bet you didn't care, Shani. I bet you didn't care at no, that stage. Living me best life. Oh. We eventually found we eventually found a club um, which I'd gone to on my previous visit to Madrid for my stags many years before. I managed to find it, and it was still going strong. Um, I distinctly remember seeing the two 
the two boys that you know, Shawnee, who yeah. were the touts. Actually, um, Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True Green today. That's funny that you mention it because that's the lad John Mangan. His elf, his father passed away last week in a, yeah, exactly. in a tragic accident in the in the house in a in our area. Oh, really? Was that? Okay, so, yeah. yeah. Um, we seen Mangan over there, and I was thinking if I saw Mangan over there, I might have a chance to get a ticket. But then I realised that I didn't uh, remortgage my Xbox and my PlayStation. <laughs> I think that's that 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 was where we I guess, I guess we established that. You know, any hope that we had for tickets, it was pretty much uh, non-existent. No, uh, speaking not. to those two lads, um, they gave us the lowdown. There was absolutely nothing uh, circulating at any yeah. at any price, really. So yeah. I guess at that point, as we got into the Friday and started sussing out the fan park, we knew that really that was going to be our kind of our big thing. Um, yeah. and, and the Saturday didn't disappoint, did it? Did it, lads? I mean, that fan park. I mean, anyone who's obviously it didn't go and has seen the images, I don't think it does it justice, really. No. Um, the day that it was, obviously, the heat, uh, the sun baking down, uh, the amount of beer, cans, bottles, um, balls being kicked up in the air, um, the locals not knowing what the hell was going on, a uh, variety of people on stage. Um, Johnny Barnes, mm. um, so had Jamie Webster. The whole place was just un. I don't think I will experience anything like that ever again. Um, in that in that fan park. What what was your perspectives, lads? Well, for, for me, I remember because the the drive was so racked with nerves. I remember thinking, God, there might even be a few sports fans here. I mean, that was the whole <laughs> joke. And we got we got. I I couldn't see. I think for every hundred of us. There was probably one or two of them, and that's not yeah. that's not me being because I I went around to have a good look. I have a lot of uh, friends at sports, um, because the time I did my coaching badges there, and you know when I lived in London, and I went around to see a few of them, and it was it was literally you know they were kind of hiding in bars more more than getting involved in any of the parks. It looked for me it was like slaying one slaying two the only way i can describe it was you know i knew what to expect because i've been in madrid a few times you know it's it's boring there's no sea you know and it, it's it's good but the great restaurants bars and good parks and mountains and that but i just remember thinking god it's just it's, it looks just looks different it looks like slaying it reminded me of slaying or failure I don't know if you remember yeah. years ago going to fail it's exactly what it felt like you know yeah, Slane is a good show. Uh, I remember being to Slane for a few games and there was a similar uh, vibe. But one thing I will say, like there was going into, I remember uh, I was thinking that when we when we advanced, I was thinking I'm going to Madrid anyway, regardless of who we play. And I was thinking it'd be great to be over there with the Ajax fans. And then when we, yeah. we ended up playing sports, I was thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, like it's just going <laughs> to be bogey. Yeah. Uh, very heavy-handed police and militant, and it wasn't like what Pete said. Like I didn't see many sports fans, but it was just because it was so well organised that they had 
they had the sports fans on the other side of the city, so to speak, and yeah. then they had yeah. Liverpool fans and and like there was absolutely zero trouble. Everyone yeah. was well. The London the mob, the London mob, Sean, the, the lads that I know are more into the bars. I mean, the sport, sports they're not really they don't. They don't have the musical um, culture the way Liverpool fans have, so they don't do that. What we do, they they hang around in bars. They're more your typical England crowd, so they'll they'll dominate yeah. the bars and they'll have their England and sports shorts on, and they'll they'll venture out every few minutes with their with their you know their shitty um, shitty beers, and they'll be trying to intimidate <laughs> locals. That's the sports van. Um, vibe, to be honest with you, it's more. It was more. Yeah. I remember thinking it's more like Ireland versus England. That's what I felt like. It was a very Ireland versus England. If you're in Germany, you know, kind of vibe, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think um, I seen some of the pictures afterwards of the of the the Spurs sort of fan park, and it was a bit like um, I guess it was more akin to a, a big fancy wedding with a marquee mm. or something yeah, like yeah, that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. A DJ, a DJ, you know, put, putting out a few Chaz you know, and Dave. tunes that they could, yeah throw a few shapes to and whatnot, as you say, while they drink their pretty shitty pints. Yeah. Um it, it was it was complete um chalk and cheese. Um and I and I seen a few Spurs fans around um staying in the hotel that um I was in. Um but yeah, I mean just generally out and about um even in the nights previous, they would they did seem to be keeping a, a fairly low profile. I, I've I've been on a few away trips with Tottenham, and yeah, I was in Rotterdam one year with, and I thought this is going to be rocking. And I was going out with a sports fan at the time. She was her whole family, you know, they were involved in the corporate side of it, and they did one song, you know, uh, we are Tottenham, super Tottenham, yeah. we are Tottenham from the lane. They've one song, yeah. They've won some. Like they're the most yeah. boring. Them and Chelsea, worst football. Don't get me wrong. There's some group good people at Tottenham Hotspur. Don't get me wrong. Especially in the corporate section. They're really good, good lads. But as as a mob goes, they're, they're just loathsome. They're hateful. Everything, they don't sing about themselves. They don't, because they've nothing to sing about. They don't win anything. They just focus on how much they hate. We hate Arsenal. If you hate Arsenal, it's not, I know we can do that as well, but it's, it's, it's for me, if you're going to spend, I don't know, a few thousand euros on a season ticket every year. Go and enjoy yourself. These lads, they don't enjoy football. They just enjoy the fact that they're together, being miserable. And wasn't Bill Nicholson a great manager in the in the sixties and early seventies? Like they're the, they're the worst fans ever. Sports. That's I think Shawnee's gone quiet because Dar Lawson is a big Spurs fan. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in fairness. In fairness. Irish is different. So, you know what I mean? But they, when you when you're amongst them, and I was amongst them, geez, they're they're a hateful mob. They really are terrible. I mean, I see. Hey, you're up, having you're having an you're having a blinder tonight with Madrid choice. They're a hateful mob. <laughs> Messi choice. But it's true. It's true. It's like, it's true. Maybe like, I've it all out. Maybe it's true. Like, it yeah, is true. I'm, I'm, on the Sunday, we ended up with a few of the lads, sports lads, and they were actually bang on. Yeah. The, the, there was lads swapping oh, wow. jerseys and all. I couldn't believe it, really, to be honest. Like, it was it was all very amicable. Like, it didn't yeah, get- when they did emerge, they were very amicable. I remember um, queuing up uh, at the end of the night, the end of the, the night of the final, um, queuing up for me, Maccas. And uh, getting chatting with a few Spurs fans, and in fairness, they were very gracious. And to be honest with you, you know, and I think, you know, we kind of suspected this uh, anyway. 
they were very um they were just glad to be there, be there and, exactly, and, and yeah. they never they never they never imagined kind of that they would ever find themselves in a in a in a european cup final um it came out the blue in in many ways obviously they they don't eat they'd only been in the champions league a handful of times yeah. um so they kind of struck gold really um and would it be you they sacked the manager wins. Yeah, 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 and and, f- and funnily enough, they 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 thought. I remember having this conversation. Um, they thought that this was kind of the start of, you know, the start of everything to come. You know, things could only get better for them. And I remember yeah. sort of saying, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on some of these <laughs> players who who who've seen what getting to a European Cup final is like, yeah. wanting to go on and sign for clubs. Who would get back to that final yeah. and have a far better chance of winning it? But the that, way that I actually yeah. saw it was, um, I thought that was uh, shit a bust for Tottenham yeah. that game. Yeah. Um, they they'd come close a couple of title races and nothing to show for it. And I'm just like, you see yourself like when because Potch is not too dissimilar to Klopp in a way that. It's intense, you know what I mean. Like, does it's in, if you want to play on that Pochettino, like you have to be all in. Like, there's a level of intensity, and if you're not reaping the rewards and not getting your day out or celebrating in the end, the players are only going to do that for so long. So that that kind of had to be like the narrative going into that final was, well, it's a final between two of the bottlers. Like, it's Tottenham and it's Clot- Clotham can't win a final, and. Tottenham haven't won a trophy since the beginning of football in 1992. So what are we going to do here? Uh, what way is it going to go? And I just I remember in the lead up to the like to the final, as you you just digest every bit of content related to the to the game you can. And I remember seeing an interview with Pochettino, and he said, "Now I remember Phil texting me." The next, the following day after the, the sports went through, and he goes, Shani, I'm fucking shit myself. He says, I don't think I could live with it if sports ended up beating yeah. us in a final. I got that, I got that text Pot- as well. I got that text. <laughs> Pochettino came out and says, if I win the final, if, if I win the final, I'm going to just walk away. And I'm thinking, what a fucking ridiculous thing to say. Like, imagine being one of, one of them players thinking, well, What's going to happen then if you win? He's just well, going to fall. Sean, I agree. I, I yeah, I agree. I agree. But, you know, yeah. I think Pochettino shot himself yeah. in the foot twice by entertaining the the idea of starting Harry Kane. You were never going to win that. Not against us. Not with, mm. you know, not with what the way they won that semi final. I mean, what the hell? I think, to be honest with you, I think that cost him his job. I really do. That decision yeah. cost him his job. I did. You look then what happened then the six months then going into the new season, they Spurs were just shot. All our players are, ended up being shot. Like they were all shot of confidence. They were they looked tired from kickoff on that yeah. point, you know, the following season, and obviously it ended up being his downfall. And then you're going into the final, and Ericsson is saying stuff like, "Yeah, well, I don't know whether I'm going to be here next year." And you look at our camp, and I'm thinking, well, "We're going to bleed. Mm. We're going to hop off this." Yeah. We're going to batter this actually with the with the experience of last year, and I know everyone said, "Oh, it's a one-off game." I was thinking, "No, no, I don't think these are actually on our level, and I don't think all is going in the camp there." I suppose, and the the game happened, but not as we expected. But I think that was just due to 
Yeah, held a head. Held yeah, a game. I mean, look, but, I mean, but, Phil... can we just can we just tap the game because the game itself yeah. is is a very strange match. The we score like we get the penalty out to twenty seconds, right? Yeah. That just sets the tone for the whole game. Like it felt like it was going to be one of those real nervy ones, and uh, one goal was going to nick it, and that would be it, right? But when we get the penalty out to twenty seconds, now like looking at the code now. It, it still looks like a relatively soft penalty that's given against them, right? Now, I, I get the ch- they changed the rule, and I get it, right? But they're always changing the rules, and you look at it and say, it's not really, he wasn't making an unnatural an, an movement towards the ball or anything like that. It was just, man, it was very cute in what he did, um, and he, he reaped the benefits for it. The penalty itself, we've talked about the penalty a million times, but like... <laughs> the like, terrible penalty. Laurie's terrible for it. Laurie should save that, right? He took his hands away from the ball. Like when they show it, and when they watch the replay, he takes his hands, he moves his hands away from the ball. It's, it's totally against all things that you'd expect the goalkeeper to want to do because he takes his hands away from the ball. Then for the rest of the match, though, like for Shani, you were saying it as well, like for basically from that moment up to 60 minutes, nothing much really happens. They try to come at us, our defense is just rock solid. They're not making any real chances, and nothing's really. Nothing's. They're just. Yeah, and and Allison is is not even being extended at this stage. He's just basically just covering himself in terms of the balls that are coming in, and that's it. Um, Matt. Then the second half it slightly changes because you could see they were starting to get desperate from, and they were throwing everything at us, right? And I think Sean has alluded and said before, like Allison starts pulling off these saves from about sixty minutes on that look like nothing. Until you go back and watch them again, and every time he makes a save, it's a tr- it's a it's an awkward shot. There's the one where he gets down really low. He makes a double save in the space of about two minutes. He saves one out to the right. He pushes it away to the right. They recoup the ball. I think with um, Trippier or something like that he play recycles it back inside. Yeah, Lucas, and then the ball drops to him, and he hits a, a, like a driller along the ground. And not only does he does he save it, he holds on to the ball. As two sports approaches, two two sports players charge in on top of them. You have the free kick that looks like nothing. Ericsson, we know how dangerous Ericsson is. He sets the, slightly the little bars that. Mm. Yeah, moves it again. He moves it, whips it in this thing to the far post, and Allison makes it look like he's 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 taking the save off a, off a kid on a Sunday afternoon yeah. down the park because his Knocks position, his feet are good. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Then on the actually went. <laughs> <laughs> There's another moment actually when with Son goes yeah. through, <laughs> and Van Dijk just takes the handbrake off, and it's like he's yeah. just taking a, a sweet wrapper off a child, and you could just Give say, me that like, you. "Yeah, we we grew in stature as long as the game went on and on." And then it was, we long. Get to, it was long. It was long. It was emotionally I was wrecked by the time we got to the end of that game and I'd say anyone any Liverpool fan that was watching it because of what happened in Madrid because of what had gone on in the league like the the, the pressure that we now had in our own heads that if Klopp doesn't win this trophy can he ever win a trophy with us because is he just jinxed that he can never like in, in, a, in a different in a different parallel universe Klopp has won two Champions League trophies Europa League and a league title at this stage two no, do you know what I mean yeah, yeah well we're, we're heading for our second league title in, in, in a different world because that's how close we been to winning cups with Klopp up until now and then you look at this game and you go it was so rootless and then when they talk about the fourth goal the, the fourth goal that Mane scores they've been practicing that type of move all week long because they looked at how sports set up and how they set up from, from tip off and it goes back again to the small details we talked about earlier 
Like, again, it's something that they were looking at and finding out where's the weaknesses. And they said they had practiced this type of tip off right from the off for in training all week long because this is how they know Spurs like to, like to come out of the blocks and they wanted to go with a fast start. It's ridiculous. The ex- the ability for these players to execute perfect, per- yeah. like perfectly to the inch all the time. Yeah. Yeah, is That's outrageous. But these are elite. This is this is this is an elite team, an absolutely elite level team, and this is the moment that they showed their eliteness. So what it was, Allison saving us towards the back end of the game, or Origi coming on, and then like I'll still say I'm, I'm still looking at that goal, and to this day, what the fuck was Matip doing that far up the pitch? On the 87th yeah. minute with a 1-0 lead, right, in the Champions League final, where they've been putting pressure on us and making our goalkeeper make saves. I still have no idea what he's doing up there. But It was from a corner, played... wasn't it? It was, yeah. 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 It gets pinged yeah. about a bit, and Matt refuses to leave the box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. We'll we end up going, we'll, go back, we'll go back to what others say. Like, that falls to a or he might, might scuff it, but Someone like this is where the Regi's like he look like he's playing out his back garden, lets the ball roll across his body, his first touch is outrageous, and then his second touch he just mm. paint brushes it into the side net. I mean that's then, so sure. It's so sure. Think, he started toying that toying his legs like he didn't even celebrate. Yeah. yeah. It's it's, it's it, mad. It, yeah, it, it was it was a mad game and I think we rope a dope sports to be honest. Because to be honest, if he didn't score in the first minute, we probably would have batted them anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, felt like I think would... though, if you, if you make it, if you, as Philip says, if you make it a ding dong in a final, anything can happen. And we'd seen a ding dong between Spurs, Manchester City, which they came out on top. We'd seen yeah. another ding-dong between Spurs and Ajax, which they yeah. came out on top of. There's no way Jurgen Klopp is going to risk that and lose yet another final. I don't think anybody yeah. can fathom the amount of pressure. Let's be honest. The amount of pressure that yeah. Jurgen Klopp is under going into that final is huge. Overwhelming favourites against a Tottenham, a Tottenham Hotspur team that not only had never won anything in, in terms of a European trophy, had never won hadn't won anything in in a couple of decades of significance so you lose that game and there's also i mean you're talking about fueling banter at fan level for decades you never live, live it down do you think the lads are immune to that the lads are not immune to that they're all acutely aware so he is tr- treating tottenham hotspur like their ac milan for me we played tottenham hotspur the ultimate we we played again we played harry kane like he was prime margot van basten he got 11 touches in the first half he, i know he was yeah, injured but we didn't worried. take any chance he got absolutely knocked about the park you know he got knocked out again we we played them the way you would play an elite side and it's the way don't be but complacent I'm telling you, now, you know for me, I, like, and I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Harry Kane. Never have been, right? No, and I'll no, go back neither. and I'll say it again. And I'll stand over. The guy, the guy, the guy is a supremely talented finisher, but he's not a team player. Doesn't and give anything else. Making the most self. No, we're making the yeah, most selfish. He made it himself in the in the yeah. build up. Lucas Morris. Lucas Morris should have started should have Lucas Morris should have started. Should have been gracious enough, but I guess from his perspective, again, he probably wonders: was this as one and only opportunity. Hang on, Ray. This is a captain. This is a Premier League captain. 
a Premier League captain who six weeks earlier swore on, on his own daughter that he touched the ball that he didn't. That should have been cl- cl- clue number one. Then he, goes in, then, 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 he, then he goes into a game, the most important game in his club's history, the club that he captains and that he says he really cares about, declares himself fit when, I'm sorry, he's not even 40% fit, in front of a player who's not only playing well, but has gotten them to that point of that tournament. This guy is all about himself and he is the reason that teams like England, teams like Spurs win nothing. That's why a strong manager is needed at a club like exactly. Spurs. And yeah. that's why Pochettino doesn't have his job. If Maurizio Pochettino had been Jose Mourinho, he would have took him aside and said, listen, or 2005 Jose Mourinho, 2006 Jose, and said, listen, I know you really want to play. But if I play you, I'm going to lose this game because this is the best defence in Europe at the moment. I can't risk you. I will get you on the last 10 minutes of this game when we're 1 or 2-0. Two nil, two yeah. nil, I promise and you. And that was the clever move, wasn't it? That was the smart exactly. move Ima- to bring him on with 15 minutes to go. And think it was think about it in hindsight. Going into the last... Say if he, they bring him on on 70 and it's only 1-0. Mm. Set piece. Airbag for a dropping 5-10 yards straight away. Mm-hmm. We're weary. We're weary. Whereas, and, and the, we got one and up straight away. Uh, then the game completely bypasses both midfields yeah. and Trippier I'm, I'm, is launching exactly. the ball up there. Exactly. Up there, Harry Kane and Van Dijk is just eating them without exactly. salt every I'm, single I'm, time. I'm telling you, the, Joe Lewis and Daniel Levy are looking at that with Pochettino and they're thinking, he's finished. Pochettino. Yeah. And, because I mean, Spores, all, every every five years, Spores have that one player who is the forced, and this is why they don't win things, another reason they don't win things, who's always on the team sheet. And every so often, but that type of player, like it was Gareth Bale before, it was, at one stage it was Robbie Keane, maybe Teddy Sheringham years, but that player needs to be managed as well. And it's only when you get you get a decent, strong manager to really, that the rest of the lads, you talked earlier on, Sean, about the rest of the lads saying, don't know if I'm going to be here next year. Don't know if I'm going to be there. They do that in reaction to the way the manager treats that one. I'd say a few of them in the dressing room went, you know what? Fuck this. If, 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 this, is, if this is the way it's going to be, why would I want to play for him? That's how you lose dressing rooms. And I think that's how Pochettino yeah, yeah. lost this. They looked like a lot of snowflakes in the final, to be fair. Because fucking yeah. Delhi Ali was just atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah. And uh, Trippier had a, it came out Trippier had already signed his contract with Atletico before that game. Like, you know what I mean? That's so, right. Um, mental, really. Like, 2-0. Uh, t- it, it was a shite game. I was in, I was in, the, I was in Madrid with, mm-hmm. with, Spanish lads and they were like, "What the fuck was that like?" You know what I mean? That that was shite. But yeah, it was. We care? Look, the, 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 the history the, books have us down as as the winners. As the winners, and most of the drama for us, Shawnee was actually trying to get to watch the game in that bar that we found ourselves in, and was <laughs> on the brink of being shut down um, as the game started. By the uh, yeah, we we talked about the Spanish police, but the one thing that they were. Um, a little bit overzealous on was the bars surrounding the fan parks. And uh, yeah, yeah. if they seen anything getting rowdy, they were straight in uh, trying to close it down. And somehow uh, Steve-O, uh, the diplomat, uh, managed to uh, 
sweet talk a couple of the oh, um, of the local gendarmes <laughs> and uh <laughs> and, and managed, to <laughs> managed to keep it open he even he even had to i seem to um had to calm down a very irate irate uh northern irish girl as well at one stage um he had all of his uh tricks out that night to keep the bar open but he succeeded um and to be fair it was uh it was a great night um and the celebrations afterwards in the streets um were pretty amazing as well um what was the overriding uh feeling for for you and the lads in in dublin phil just relief really that we'd that we hadn't you know tripped up on the banana skin yeah, like it was just so happy to get to the end of it and 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 win the trophy. Like when you seen Henderson lift the trophy, it was just like the best buzz. And I suppose it was just a, it was just a feeling that finally, finally, we've broken that thing with with Klopp that he's won a trophy on the major stage. And like if you look at it, that then sets up the Super Cup, it sets up the World Club Championships, um, yeah. and then, and leads into this league run that we're doing. But like it's it just a trophy lift. Yeah. <laughs> the trophy well, that, lift is absolutely amazing. You know, when you look back at Stevie G's trophy lift, it seemed iconic for a long time. But yeah, like but Henderson is... Uh, is just off the charts, isn't it? And then and like, just... he's done it three times. Now he's going to do it again. It just it's it's just relief. That's the best way I can put it. It was sort of like that, and it, it's sort of like if we win the league, um, that relief. Is there now? I think it's going to be so bizarre not having any fans there to celebrate it and stuff like that. But it's just yeah. that that relief, and then suddenly the players are freed from that, right? Um, because I think I think we get to the final again this year if Allison is fit right the way through the knockout phases, and that's not the, a slight Adrian, but I just think he was off again because oh, let's call a spade a he spade. Was like I mean, he was he was terrible in that second uh, that second leg. That but he, he's been game. but he's he's been excellent for us when he stepped in for Allison. Four nine games of the season, he was impeccable. He was really, in fact, I'd argue that he was the one that really was responsible for that run you know he was really excellent but, but then you go to it and you just say look that's the, you see the big man lifting the trophy you see Henderson lifting the trophy you see Alisson lifting the trophy you see Klopp, Klopp giving all the hugs that went on that night you just yeah. see the crack in the dressing room after the game the lads out singing the songs and it sort of it sort of breaks down a wall that, that sort of has been there you know the, you get the sense that those players love playing for the club now look players will always move on and, and, and go for different clubs but it just gave us that feeling again that we haven't seen for so long which is that the insight of, of, of what the players think of their songs and all that type of stuff and for me despite not being a big happy head like say Andy is or something like that but I, <laughs> I, I, I was even able to buy into it um, when, and, and get carried away with it because it's just it's just great to have that, as I said, that relief, that elation of of winning the big trophy, adding number six. And it's just, after Madrid, I thought once when we lost to Madrid, given how long it had taken us to get back to a Champions League final, yeah. to go back and rectify that the following season, in the middle of the season that we were having as well, hmm. it was just sensational. Well, yeah. it's a science. You, you said it earlier on, Phil, it's a science with this man. You know, it, it's not like, don't get me wrong, I respect what, what Rafa did, and but there's a, there's a reason why there was a, a near 14-year gap because it's not a science. He, you know, you didn't go back the next year and say, okay, what did we do from after 2007? What did we do wrong, you know, to lose that game 2-1? He's done that straight after Madrid. Okay, we need a, a reliable goalkeeper for starters, which is a no-brainer, and we need a strong leader at the back so that panic doesn't happen, and we need someone that's going to shut down 
somebody like Gareth Bale when he hits them or, you know, someone that's going to not allow someone to, uh, you know, commit an overhead kick in a Champions League fight. These are not, it's not rocket science, but it is a science. And if you correct those things, chances are you'll end up repeating the good things that you did and you'll get, you know, what your look deserves. You're absolutely right. The club has made yeah, a science. And I think, you know, I, th- I, I think to me it gives us the momentum to then go in, go into this season and start in the league campaign like you know like we did like house on fire um and and you know make sure that we we do win this league like we 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 obviously seem uh, destined to now albeit in um as you say strange circumstances so just to just to close up then um I'm just going to all ask you as a quick question, really, before we wrap up around the season, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, in the next week or two with with future podcasts. But, uh, Shawnee, how many games will it take for us to wrap up this league? Uh, two, I think. I think it'll be done after two. So you think the Palace game, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just from watching the football in Germany, I think. Uh, with the, the new rules and no fans and stuff like that, I think it's just it really does lean towards the more technically superior sides, and I think well, we're going to see the very best of uh, of this Liverpool squad at play. Really, um, I know Anfield will be empty, but I think the football will be will be mental. I just think everyone will be playing with shackles off now. There's no pressure on us now, really, because. No. It's been so long, like the three months where we were in a bit of a sticky period, and we we got the result against Bournemouth, which flipped it around. But but now we just have to go out and do our thing for basically two wins, and that's providing City win all the games. Uh, I think we get it wrapped up in two. I think it might because uh, I just I can't see Arsenal beating City, but I can definitely see us getting it done in two. Yeah, and Phil, um, I mean, we've seen an eleven v eleven today on the one year anniversary of us winning the. European Cup who could have predicted all of this but um how many games do you think do you think and 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 secondly do you think they'll allow us to clinch it at Anfield I think it's I think it's all fucking ridiculous on a day when England are hiding debts like to even I'm going to be straight about it like the, the, England should be nowhere near a return to play in football at this moment Yeah Andy said this last night on Gav's uh, Fatback 4 yeah yeah, I just I think it's crazy. Like they they re they re they backdated four hundred and forty five deaths today. So they came out and said it was one hundred eleven, but then the others said, well, actually we had another four hundred forty five, but we backdated them to the days that they actually died on, which changes how they were important thing. I just think it's crazy. If they're going to do it, should they may as well let fans back in the in the stadiums? Should why not just go balls in for the whole lot? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so the Germans will too. Well, no, in in America. In in some of the states, some of most of the Republican states, they're now allowing twenty five percent capacity into the stands. So mm. if they if, if America does that, you can be guaranteed the British England will follow suit. Yeah, they yeah. won't. So Germany is talking letting fans back in in some type of capacity, maybe ten or twenty percent of them back into the grounds in September if the reproductive rate stays at the same level it is. Like the, it's very scientific in terms of how it is. England England has been run by a bunch of clowns. So. Ray, does I for me it depends. I like I'd, I'd love to say I, have, I hope we get it wrapped up as quickly as possible because I think there's a very good chance that they get a second wave and they have to lock it down properly again. Mm. Honestly, I, I genuinely think that 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 w- wouldn't be 
unheard of. Packed beaches know I mean. don't help, do they? Well, I don't think the beaches thing is that much of an issue. It's 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 the fact that they're reopening all their shops and they still haven't brought in a mandatory mask wearing part in Ireland, England, Scotland, or Wales. Um, and it's not the, it's not people at the beaches that's that's going to create the 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 second wave. It's when people venture back to shops and back on the public, public transport, transport. Fully yeah. and back and back into um, offices um, and enclosed spaces. So if, if the right precautionary stuff isn't in place, then it's it's inevitable that if if the infection is still as widespread as, as it seems to be in England, then it's going to it's going to come back in, uh, with a vengeance again. Now, to be fair, in Ireland we seem to have contained it fairly well. Um, there's there's still cases there. There was one death today, but like when you look at where we are compared to where England is miles off from yeah. where they should be. Do you think this the decision to come back is just because the governments want a kind of a a, a good news story Opium and they don't for the want masses. to be seen? They don't want to be seen to be, um, you know, lagging behind the likes of Germany and Spain and Italy in terms of the, nah, the I think, optics I, of all of this. I, I think the whole thing is that they were they've been pursuing this idea of herd immunity from the start, and they may have said that they weren't, but I think essentially that they've they've just gone balls back into it. If you step back, if you if you just ignore all the press briefings, right, and you go back to when they said that they were hoping to get enough of an infection rate transmission through the through the general population, so that if more waves came back in the winter, they wouldn't have to worry about it. Like step back and look at what the way things have been run in England. You'd say, well, what you're doing is exactly what. Mm. You would have done if you're, if you're following that policy. You look at Scotland and they're only starting to ease the restrictions. Look at Northern Ireland off doing their own thing. And then you look at Wales and England and they're basically just tied at the hip. It's it's a bit mad because there's there's essentially now two different sets of countries here. There's there's the Republic, there's Northern Ireland and Scotland. And then you've got Wales and England who are following a completely different logic to the rest. Mm. And if if we're talking about football, I just, as I said, I'm, I'm with Shawnee. I would love us to go out, wreck the shop for the first two games. Have it, so even if they have to cancel the season at that point, then mathematically we're champions and they can't do anything about it. Do you know what I mean? No, and they don't really need to uh, stick that asterisk yeah. uh, next to us. Um, Pete, um, I'll ask you to. I'll ask you the same question, but I'll also follow it up by asking you: Do you see, given you're based in uh, Barcelona, I don't know if you get any local uh, feeling or vibe on this, but what's your thoughts about? Um, the Champions League finishing up. So I'll start with uh, the, how many games it takes for us to clinch it, and then you can close by just telling us about thoughts on the Champions League based in Spain. I actually think one, to be honest. I think, and it's interesting. I think the two questions tie together because I think I think Arsenal will beat Manchester City. Um, I think we win our first game simply okay. because I, I don't think City want to be back. I think that one of those clubs don't want to be back playing league games. Um, I don't think they've got an appetite for it. And I think they might actually do the petulant City thing and actually show a bit of disdain. So you'll see the likes of Phil Foden and some of the fringe players probably playing in the Premier League with one eye on the Champions League. Um, because they have, they'll never, they'll never better, they never have a better chance to win the Champions League because it's going to be restricted to a smaller tournament if they can overcome Madrid, which again, I'd have question marks on the basis that Madrid are going to be back playing games next week. Man City aren't. Mm. Um, but I yeah. think Pep will probably think to himself, no, I'm going to focus all of my energies on a competition that I can actually win. Um, so I think we'll do it in one. I think we'll, we'll, be, um, we'll be Everton on the return. Um, no, we have a... and the talk in Spain. The talk in Spain is that the Champions League is gonna is gonna yeah. be concluded. Yeah, I mean, it'll be obviously probably in Qatar now. Probably in Qatar somewhere well, like that. You know, it, okay. because you can't have people traveling. It's just it's a no, mockery. It's a mockery. 
Um, no. You know, so it'll be a one-off, you know, mini tournament, probably somewhere like Dubai or, or Qatar or whatnot, which will suit uh, Manchester City, obviously, um, if they get there. But, uh, yeah, it, it'll definitely, I mean, UEFA, everything feeds into it to UEFA. Let's not kill each other. Um, you know, UEFA will, will demand that this, that the Champions League is, is, is completed, um, whether it has to be completed in Australia or the moon, they will demand. But, yeah, we, we finish in one and uh, the Champions League gets com- completed and I'll probably go with, with Phil Schout, maybe in Munich because they've had to jump on everybody. I think this is where, yeah. um, you know, being warm will come, to, or or possibly Real Madrid, you know, um, wins it after beating City, please God. Well, look, we, li- we live in hope that, uh, that the Champions League uh, for 2019-2020 uh, is null and voided. Ah, ha- happily. And we, re- <laughs> and we remain <laughs> European champions. Yeah. Seven times. Really... <laughs> exactly. The amount of piss that that would boil, I'll tell you. Oh, <laughs> it would be uh, next level stuff uh, to be uh, Premier League champions and European champions going into next season. Um, we'll take all the asterisks that are going um, just to annoy everyone else. So, look, it's been great to reflect. Uh, I'm sure we will reflect uh, in future years on this because it was... Uh, it was quite some run uh, to the final, even if the final didn't quite live up to um, expectations. But we got the sixth Champions League, which, which was the main thing at the end of the day. So thanks for your time tonight, Pete. Cheers, brother. Keep safe. Yeah, thanks, Shawnee. No problem, Diggo. Thanks, mate. Yeah, Just going thanks, back to Phil, where I built we'll be... it. Session depression now. <laughs> we we will be back next week where we will be getting ever closer to the uh restart um and before we know it we will be doing um previews again of obviously the uh the Everton game and possibly uh the title clinching game against um Palace but until then um stay safe and we'll speak to you next week I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Sports Social Podcast Network.